The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. So unfortunately, this time around, we have to start on a fairly um, serious note. This is our first episode since the Kyoto Animation Fire, which happened about three weeks ago now. And um, I think much of the shock has, uh, has nicely worn off about that. Much of the shock, much of the outrage. And we're now at a point where we're starting to let the dust settle, so to speak, I guess. Um, we've learned a little bit more about the suspect. I mean, we don't really need to go, uh, you know, we don't really need to go to rehash too much, right? I mean, plenty has already been said about the arson at, this, at the uh, KyoAni Studios. And there's not much we can add to that in that sense. But there was a thought that came to mind in the initial in the initial reports of this story, there was this Thomson Reuters article that said, "quote A pillar of Japanese culture, animation has uh, of Japanese popular culture, animation has become a major cultural export, winning fans around the world. Kyoto Animation has an outsized role in the industry, with its influence outstripping the list of works it has produced." And I thought that was an interesting way to kind of start. Uh, how we should uh, start talking about it at this stage. So um, Kevin Ng, Mohamed Shamarki, they're here sitting around the table on this Saturday afternoon, August 10th, 2019, as we start episode 13 of the Anime Roundtable. And there isn't, like I said, we've, we've learned a little bit about the suspect. We've learned a little bit about some of the, um, like some of the police reports and some of the background now. Initially, we didn't know, uh, well, we know the suspect's name. I will try to avoid per saying the name of the suspect and giving too much of their background. Frank, frankly, um, we don't want to glorify it. Yeah, we don't want to glorify. Much has already been said about the suspect and his yeah. past. Much has been speculated about his motivations. Some outlets, yeah, as I said, decide not to mention the name. We won't. And... You know, if you want to find that, of course you can find that. There's plenty to... But we encourage you not to. I mean, that's the whole point, right? The reason we're not saying the reason most publications don't mention uh, mass murderers or shooting spree uh, uh, terrorists like that. Yeah, I know. We're saying... Because we obviously here in North America, we just went through... We just saw two of them in the States in a, last weekend. Right. So, I mean, we don't want to glorify anyone who's done this type of horrific thing. I mean, the case will obviously progress. The cops will figure out motive and charge them accordingly. Um, and that's, that'll be the end of it. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is the only names I'm now become a little curious about are the th the now 35 victims because the 35th victim died a couple weeks, uh, more than a week after the, uh, fire, which is the names we should always be remembering every time anything like this happens. Mm -hmm. It's always best to remember the victims, not the perpetrator. Cause that's what they want. Usually. Yeah. They want to be remembered. They mm -hmm. want to be remembered and you know. So, so I think, uh, like, I think, uh, as we talk about this a little bit, ten, um, we'll learn, like, uh, uh, we hoped, uh, that during that time, we would learn a little bit more about their stories, their names, the stories they have told, 
And sadly, a hint of the stories they'll never be able to share with us. Which is the worst part. Which is the worst part. Um, so we'll talk about them a little bit later on. Do you have any reactions right now, just as we start? It's honestly, when I first heard about this, um, it was shocking. Like, I, I didn't think a fire could kill that many people that fast. Like, it, when I heard 30, 30 some odd dead, um, I assumed some kind of mass shooting. But then it's in Japan, so there's no guns, really. So it's like, how did that happen? And the fire, it's like, wow, it's just... Just mind-blowing. And then as I dug more into it, and it got picked up by all the major news networks, I remember watching a piece on uh, The Insider, some American news broadcast, and they had a whole bit where... Entertainment were... show, actually. Exactly. And they had a whole bit where they were interviewing artists at Comic-Con, and there was one artist uh, who was, like, just just baffled at this. He's like, how can this... Like, it's no, there's no reason for it, right? I mean, even if you're that upset, like, the motive is just just baffling, right? Yeah. Kevin? I remember that morning where I randomly looked at Twitter and people I knew on Twitter were posting about it. It's trending. And I thought, geez. And then on 680 News, they were talking about it. Yeah. That's, <clears throat> yeah. And I thought, shit, like, people actually care about this it's 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 on the level of like this is saturday august 10th uh and something big happened this morning where uh jeffrey epstein committed suicide and i woke up this morning to that being trending on twitter and then a couple hours later uh if you have the 680 news app uh they give notifications for major stories yes and that was one of the notifications well, that the, he every outlet has that i think um i think the first inkling i got of it was from bloomberg out of all places right everyone was talking about it it's like that's kind of how it felt like when this kyoto story kind of broke i mean obviously not at that scale but at the same time it's uh you know it's it's just wow and i think it's because of the number of people that got injured and subsequently dying without a doubt that that was why all the major news outlets picked it up which is which is just wild i mean like the numbers shouldn't the numbers shouldn't matter as much as the fact that these people died i mean if it had been two people we should it's still be, it's still bad exactly we should be just as pissed off about it being two people as it is 30 something right but you know and I had friends who I hadn't spoken to in months message me about this fire. I also had close friends that are very into anime uh, commenting on it through you know various conversations and online message chats. And people, oh man, like I had two friends that were instantly thinking, like, how can I support them? Like, what can I do? And yeah. Which is the reaction most people have nowadays to anything tragic, right? Let, uh, we'll go into that a bit later, but go ahead. I think I know what direction you want to take for that. But just seeing everyone commiserating on this was... It was nice to see, like, as bad as a situation it, as it was... Cathartic. It was nice to see people uh, giving a shit, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess to that end, um, in light of the fire, I want to talk a little bit more at length. I, there is, but never did, like in the immediate days. But um, things that, a few things did catch my attention. There were three articles that actually did catch my attention. Um, first, uh, there was actually CBC's coverage. And we will put links to all of these 
uh, all these articles, links to the CBC coverage, which was, which kind of brought the whole story home, um, because they interviewed two worker, two young work, fairly youngly uh, workers, two female animators at Novana for their store for their coverage and how much oh, really? they talked about Kyoto Animation titles as their two of their big influences. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So I'll put a link to that. Um, CBC. Uh, I mean. Everyone praises CBC when it praises CBC for their coverage, uh, as much as they sometimes get a lot of flack. But um, when they did during the, um, the during the uh, gun the incident, there was a incident at Parliament Hill some years ago where a soldier got killed at the uh, at the, um, was that the war one, memorial. Was that the one where the guard took him out? Or? Yeah, it was the one yes. where the guard took him out. And now that guard he's became he's famous. Became a uh, I think he became the ambassador to Ireland. Oh, then yeah. he's come home, and I think he's going. As an MP, he's running. He's running in politics. I think oh, yeah. in provincial politics. I forgot oh, if it's how wild is that? I think oh. he's uh, going for. I think he's going for. Uh, I think he's I going want, for premier of one of the maritime provinces. I want so every politician story to be that way, where he's just some dude who was heroic and now is like a leader that's what i want out of all my leaders to be heroic and then become a leader or he'll just become oh actually <laughs> and uh, kevin vickers was his name kevin vickers yeah, was his name yeah. that, that 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 was the shooting incident the Vic. Uh, or he or he could be corrupted and become like every other politician in our yeah country. but Duh, everyone that's that's the obvious progression of a of, of all but it was it was right? interesting uh, you're but nobody he's, he's opted to go get into politics we'll look this up a bit later because i know he's getting into provincial politics now he, but the thing was, people praised CBC's coverage of that incident um, because they didn't let let it get too out of get let it get too sensationalist. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, which is the way it's supposed to be happening? Like that's that's how that's like we journalism, look, you know? Yeah, we want to get the oh, I got it first. Oh, I got it first. Or just, just make it look so. Yeah, as I said, sensationalized, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, but the CBC is still government government funded, yeah. right? It's not private advertiser driven mm -hmm. news coverage right that's the biggest thing like if you're cnn or fox news or whatnot right i mean you're <laughs> you want to sensationalize you want this story to go on for weeks to make as much money as possible right but uh cbc i mean they're, they're doing some good stuff they did they did uh, and they handled that pretty pretty well a lot of, i know that there was good some a lot of good some twitter praise for the way um that was covered i think uh, uh ian handsome hannah mansing was uh one the main anchor that night on the national Second article that caught my attention was a CNN article by Susan Napier, the one of the great uh, one of the great commentators, one of the great academic commentators on anime, and she talked at length about about the um, about the impact it'll have on the industry. As she started to talk a little bit about the impact it had on the industry and what Kyoto Animation, what impact Kyoto Animation was having at that point, because um, stories had come out uh, over the last month before that last month or last couple months about you know the tough conditions the tough uh the tough um how hard it is to make a living in the uh, in the uh, pop culture industry in japan right. especially mm -hmm. in the anime and manga that uh you know you, you don't let their that income that guaranteed income is a dream good income good making a good living is a, is the, basically the, a dream the death of the salary man right yeah and, but then that Kyoto Animation was trying to buck that trend a little bit, hired more, hired more women mm -hmm. to be more involved because yes, it's a, a male-dominated, it can be a male-dominated industry. Mm -hmm. Hired more women, tried to pay them well, and this happened. I mean, like and it's just it's going to set back. And then the third, and this comes back to the third was an interview with um, with John Ledford, which was on. 
NHK on NHK World. John Ledford of Sentai Filmworks. Of Sentai Filmworks. He was interviewed on NHK World during their, um, and once again, I'm putting my NHK World hat back on. Um, she was, he was interviewed by um, NHK World on their, on their flagship news show, news show, news broadcast, Newsroom Tokyo by, um, by uh, Aki Shibuya and, uh, ooh, I forgot the other anchor. But, uh, and um, I think I'm Hideki Matsuyama. But, um, oh, Hideki Nat- Nakayama. They were, um, he was interviewed at length for the better part of like five minutes. And it leads, and yes, he was promoting the GoFundMe page. I will say that was as insensitive as this, as this may sound. That was excellent marketing by Sentai Filmworks to put that out first. Yes. I mean, you're, I'm torn on this, man. I really am. I mean, I get it and what they're going through and why that would happen. But then, like, come on, man. That's... To do that first was so smart of them. And, and let, let, me, let me say this. Of course, their heart was in the right place. Yet, at the same time, I saw that and I thought, man, damn, are they smart and reacting first. Well, here's the thought. And I'm going to give you a thought on this because this was given to me by some, um, some, some <clears throat> Japanese friends. Uh, some Japanese-Canadian friends. There isn't really... Like, I'm told that the... Um, that the market, that the GoFundMe page, the Go the um, crowdfund uh, campaign was met with a lot of skepticism by Japanese in by Japanese in Japan, mm-hmm. by the people there. Um, I think it, I think it lended, I think it, it's on a number of different levels. So I'll let me and to the listeners out there, both of you, um, you please feel free to correct me if I have any of this wrong. Or to try to like let me know if I have any of this wrong. One, there isn't really an established culture for grassroots crowdfunding of a chair of a charitable nature in Japan. We have it; it's it's become a thing here in the in recent years. Mm-hmm. True that, but um, it isn't uh, it it isn't as popular. Like that concept isn't really hasn't really taken hold in in Japan. So it's meant met with a lot of skepticism. Yes, crowdfunding does exist, but it's more on a business, a, a corporate and a business level sense. Mm. So yes, so um, so when Kyoto Animation, uh, you know, opened their own GoFundMe type type page, that that went uh, that that went gangbusters. But this one was met with a lot. But this one was seen as more grassroots and met with a lot more skepticism. Partly because not many know who Sentai is there. We know every any North American fan, any Western fan, any probably European fans of anime and manga will know who Sentai is. People will, people will know, and if you dig deep enough and have been in it long enough, you'll know who John Ledford is. So, well, I I'd actually would argue that not that many people or not that many fans would know who Sentai Filmworks is. I think they would they would know who Crunchyroll or Funimation or even Viz before Sentai. True. No, and, no, obviously, obviously. And that's why I say, and that's why I say it was very smart of them to start that campaign for anybody else. Because to get their because just to get themselves and their name out there. Yes. But and it, then they received they received their funding shortly after that too, mm-hmm. which is gonna another story altogether. Yeah. But 
not, yeah, but it is. But the thing is, nobody. But the, the, it is. That's the skepticism was met because of the lack of brand recognition, lack of name recognition with with uh, Sentai, Sentai Filmworks. Um, oh, there was another point. There was another layer I want to bring into that one too. Was it that we didn't? I well, maybe what you're thinking of was. Uh, we didn't even know at the time if Kyoto Animation was willing to accept the donations. Yes. That's an, well, that's one part of the layer, and I now know where I want to go with this. But let's, okay. let's explore this part of it, because, yes, uh, and Ledford in the interview, um, and, we'll, and we'll put that link up as well, um, he said, yes, we're, yes um, we don't know exactly what um, we will hold the money. We don't know what exactly um, Kyoto Animation will want to do with it yet. We Im- we imagine, and I, he did state he they imagine it'll probably he wanted it he if it was his preference that it would be used directly to the families for whatever costs, true whatever what they need to they need that to have been incurred for whatever reason. But and this, this is only one of Kyoto's uh, studios, right? Like it's their main studio, yes. But um, yeah, it the is company's just not one. over, right? It's no, but it's but he did but and in the but in the interview in these interviews they did state. Like Susan Napier and John Ledford, most notably in these two in these links I'll send, they did state that it has probably set back the industry some years because of the, because of the because of uh, the people involved and the people who the people involved who died, whether they were long veterans or maybe more more notably and more importantly, up and comers, younger younger uh, younger um, talents younger talents who, as I said, we have, whose stories will never be told. Right. The third point, the third layer I want to bring up, and I think um, which comes back to the probably some of that skepticism is I wonder how much Japanese, uh, the average Japanese may know about the popularity of its popular, of their popular culture outside their borders. Right. Hmm. Like, I mean, people know. I get it. And, and, and in many ways, NHK is trying, NHK. Outlets like NHK World, and 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 the branches of well-known Japanese publishers and networks, they know already. They're they they're aware of it because they're trying to tap into that, into that market and make it work for them. Make it work for their businesses. Right. So whether it's NHK, Fuji, um, Kodansha, Sony, they know, yeah. and they're trying to tap into that. But they just the, the average, exactly, they see the green. Yeah, they see the green and are trying to make that work, but for the average, uh, for the average um, Japanese, how much do they? How much are they aware that their that their um, what they like is liked by, liked can be well liked all around the world. Like I mean, Ken Akamatsu was uh, the first time he learned about the popularity of Love Hina outside of Japan. He he had, he mentioned how much of an eye opening experience that was. I feel like. People will know, but then just don't think much about it mm-hmm. because, you know, people leave, people lead busy lives. Yes, we do. Exactly. <laughs> and I imagine that a decent amount of them may have not even known what Kyoto Animation was because a lot of those shows are niche. Like, Well, anime as a whole tends to be, actually, now that you bring that part up. The average Japanese person... They would probably only know like Detective Conan or Dorymon or One Piece, if that at all, right? I mean, they know the anime is a thing, they just don't know. 
specifics, you know? It's like if you're in Britain and you know of grime type of music, you just aren't specifics on it, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with fashion, same thing with almost any genre. It's like, you know of it, just not specifics, you know? Mm -hmm. So my, but my thinking is now they're, but, you know, yeah, they may, they, but then I think for to, to an average fan, okay, you may not know my, they may not know any further than what they, than what they see at the surface, but then they learn a little bit more and then they're surprised how much oh, yeah. of that, of what they learn is even more popular. hundred percent. And that, I think that's the shock. I think that's part of the shock. I think the, the yeah. fans saw, I think um, just the average Japanese fan, uh, Japanese citizen may have seen in all of that true, in true. some of that outpouring. I mean, I mean, you had, you, you had people, you had animators, obviously um, uh, express their concern through social media. Tim Cook did. Um, even, 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 um, even our prime minister did strangely enough. It's, it's a big, it's a big, it's, so this was a big thing. Right. You know who didn't express, uh, emotion over this? Oh God. Oh, God. Can we, can, can <laughs> we not mention him? He, he who should not be named. Can we can, not? I already assume you, I know who you're going to talk about. But, do you? But, I mean, there's like two or three people who shouldn't be talking about, right? <laughs> Justin Bieber, Kanye West, and Donald Trump. Oh, oh those three. I thought Ford would be on that list. Who? Oh yeah, wrong. Okay, <laughs> then, uh, that now that's oh. now that's niche right there. Okay, so those are the so those are my uh, those are our initial thoughts. Um, as I said, the investigation continues. We'll and I guess as we uh, as we as the raw parts of this subside, for uh, well, it never really does. I suppose. I wonder what he's gonna get. Like, what kind of sentence would they give him? In Japan, the death sentence is a thing. It it is yeah, used, but it isn't used that it isn't. That's probably what it will be. It's really? it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. Um, I'd say there's a good possibility. Of yeah, that being just for the case. reference, be the um, like let, let's uh, okay a perspective, I suppose. Um, they this is mentioned as the last uh, one of the des deadliest massacres in Japan's history since World War Two. Post World War Two. World War II. Deadliest building fire since uh, a 2001 fire in Myojo, which killed. I they said uh, 56 was it? Damn. So this isn't the this isn't the biggest. Okay, so September this is the in 2001. Deliberate, deliberate attack, right? I guess. Well, they, are they, are the they Myojo attack? Uh, attack. I think the Myojo fire. I think was uh, deliberate too, but I don't think that's ever been. Um, I don't think that's ever... Wait, uh, oh no, no, uh, okay, criminal negligence, okay. What so, about the gas attack? The gas attack... So it's the Sarin, Yeah, right? the Sarin attack, yes. Yeah. And on the topic of capital punishment, remember, that was a year ago, 13 of the 13 principles of that attack were, were, was it? were executed uh, last year. Firing squad? Hanging. Right. Hanging, so... Um, I, remember, I remember reading about that and thinking the death penalty there was kind of weird because it's like... The method of the method. Of well, it's it, the death penalty is the death penalty. I no, mean, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not arguing with with that. I just always found that the the method of the death penalty was kind of weird, like the lethal injection, the firing squad, the guillotine, the it electric just, chair. Yeah, electric, especially electric chair. I mean, like actually, it's like it's okay. that's an American one. It's just it's just it's so, an all American. It's form. so dumb, right? I mean, come on, that much electricity. That's just you know, the whole idea. I'm told is. To be as painless as possible, <laughs> you know, or really as quick as and painless well, as possible. I mean, that's why I'm always a fan of. If you're gonna have the death penalty, which I mean, honestly, I don't really support. I don't think capital punishment's a good thing. But if you're gonna have it, you're gonna have to kill this person for doing whatever they did. 
like the death should be as painless as possible. Lethal injection is not painless. It is like horrific. The number of stories I've seen and heard of people dying in horrific ways where the the, the numbing agents didn't work or whatever. Rock yeah, I know, I know. Right? Especially since uh, like there's been the way that's d- gone in the last few years. Exactly. And uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. I, I just feel like like because what I'm what I'm referring to is because the um, actual chemicals and medicines involved. Well, let's just say the manufacturers of them didn't uh, didn't didn't uh, appreciate the these co- their, their their the use of it exactly right. So they made it a point not to <laughs> help help out in that. Exactly. Help out so in that th- that's why I'm a strong supporter huh. that if you're gonna uh, use a death penalty and kill someone, guillotine, man, it's not that hard. Just get a nice <laughs> giant big sharp thing, just <laughs> laser that head right off. Get some lightsabers. Think laser those, right? that head right wow. off. <laughs> Wow. Are, are, aren't, aren't lightsabers a thing not, any, <laughs> yet? No. Um, probably, I'm pretty sure the government's got secret lightsabers. Well, you got to think. Well, on the topic of technology, <laughs> who knows, dude? Who knows? I mean, what, we, you know, they can go that thing from Resident Evil, the first movie, with the cross grid in that room that just slides right through. I didn't watch any of those. Ooh, what? That's not, they were shot in Toronto. That sounds man. like that I think sounds it's so Iron Man. Oh, shot in Toronto. <laughs> they, had the, they had City Hall in the second one. Come on. You're talking to a person who barely watches any Hollywood films. But this is based on a video game that's popular in Japan. Uh-huh. And here. <laughs> yes. but, but anyway, there's anyway, there's our thoughts. It kept uh, Mila uh, occupied for a while. And now she's doing Monster Hunter. <laughs> oh, the oh. game, yeah. yeah. Okay, so anyway. That, are you going to watch are... that one? <laughs> Perhaps. Uh... Well, as I said, those, so those are our thoughts. Those are our initial thoughts. As I, we we know the who the suspect is, but we said, as I said, I'm more curious about the victims. Over the last week, ten names have come out. Um, do you want me to read them out or uh, go for it, man? Yeah, definitely. I'll do my best to read them out, and then we'll tell a little bit about Lest their stories. We forget, so right? uh, according so according to like there was some, like I mean there's uh, Kyoto Animation. I know for its part has said they don't want to quickly release the names. They'll do it on their own uh, whenever. Well, shouldn't they wait to like inform next of kin and stuff? And well, it's more yeah, partly that, but they also want to make sure that the families want it this way, right? Yeah, privacy. Mm-hmm. How, how, for how privacy wild reasons. is that that the government is like considering of people's privacies, right? Well, <laughs> this, this is more Kyoto animation, right? I, oh, I know that man. there had been. I know that I think one of the first victim when one of the first victims were made known that was a big thing. Because especially when it, that name was released here, that's another story. Maybe we'll discuss that another time. But already ten names have come out. Let's uh, and um, I asked if there was a name that they that stuck out to the two of to any of us. Mm, let's. But the thing is, let's mention them all equally. So let's talk about them for a sec. Junichi Ida, thirty-four years old. Who worked on um, Sound uh, Euphorium and K-On. Yuka Kasama, 22, who just got out of university. This was her first job. That one was a bit of a heartbreaker. Yeah, there's a there was a few young youngsters who who unfortunately perished. Probably the oldest victim, no, at least the oldest of the ten that I could read, uh, Yoshiji Ki. Uh, Kigama, Kigami, who was 61, and he was a key animator for K-On! and, si- and A Silent Voice and Free, and was the animation director of Lucky Star. What? Ami Kuriki, 30 years old, animator, 
Silent Voice, Free, Sound Euphorium. Futoshi Nishia, 37, Character Designer for Free. Yuki Omura, 23, one of the other, uh, one of the other new employees. Yasuhiro Takemoto, 47, Director of Lucky Star and the Disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya. And, well, Director of all of, uh, of the, uh, of basically everything, uh, Haruhi. And? Saki. Oh, sorry. Saki, uh, Saki Suda, 41, uh, Special Effects and Color Detailing. It's most notably with uh, the disappearance of Haruhi and Free. Mikako Watanabe, 35, art director, Ms. Kobayashi's Dragon Maid and Violet Evergarden. Keisuke Yokota, 34, production manager for K-On. Um, the, the other thing I should have forgot to mention, um, for um, Mr. Kigami, the 61-year-old key animator, he was also involved in Akira and Grave of the Fireflies. Yes. And that's, so, you lost some historic talent and both future talent, both future sides. talent both in yeah. this already. And these are just 30 of, uh, 10 of the, of 35, 36 names now. I think it's 35. Yeah, 35 names. These are just 10 of them. So this is, as I said, you, and, and we talk about these in terms of the stories they've told. But we don't talk about them in terms of the people they really were to those that were closest to them, their friends and their family. And I know, like I say this because um, I know watching one of the NHK reports, they talked to uh, an elderly gentleman who was talking at length about his granddaughter, who at that time was still missing. I don't know what the fate is at this stage, but I'd imagine it can't be good. I also recall... Uh before this list was announced, Takemoto was reported as still missing, so people had assumed he passed on. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There's 10 names, as I said. The stories they have told and the stories they'll never, tell. they'll never be able to tell. So um, thank you to them. And may they rest in peace. Okay. As I said, all the links we'll put up uh, in the uh, show notes a bit later on. And uh, we got to lighten the mood, so let's take a break. We got to explain something uh, after it. We got to explain maybe the obvious also after the break, uh, who's not here. Let's take a break, get a drink, because after all that, I need a drink. It's the Anime Roundtable on the Six Talk Podcast Network. And the podcast now continues. Nicholas Ng, Shamarki Around the Table, online via the Six Talk Podcast Network, official podcast Anime North. Okay, so um, there's only three of us. As noted, there's only three of us around the table uh, this time around. Most notably absent is Austin. Would you believe it? James Where's is James not- at, man? James? Uh, well, he sent me a message um, a couple days ago saying he was sick and lost his voice. Imagine that, James Austin. 
losing his voice. He can't time, talk. Man. Just a matter of time. <laughs> so I hope he gets better. We'll talk. Actually, yeah, seriously, we hope um, James James will get better, and uh, we hope to he'll hope to get better soon. Speedy recovery. Yeah, really speedy recovery because. He has a. I know he'll have a unique take on the um, his yeah. own take on the uh, Kyoto Animation Fire, that um, is uniquely his. Uh, also, also notable, uh, not here, notably not here, of course, is our old friend Neil Sinclair, which is uh, which. Where are you at, Neil? Yeah, he's. Well, do we, he's, need, to, do we need to do an Amber Alert for you, man? Come on. Wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> only because. Only because Neil isn't ten. He's no, way that's, above that. That's, I'm way funny, above guys. that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, about. it was great. It was great when we were when I sent out the emails or the lack thereof. When or, I sent out the emails, uh, sent uh, to one um, sent out the emails for the episode. Uh, Neil did reply. First things first, he admitted he was on something. Second, <laughs> um, his little what he like he went through a bunch of stuff to um, like his thoughts on a bunch of things. Not not all of it anime related. It just felt like a. It's it, it's so two chan like. Um, Are we gonna read this out? No. Oh, that'd be so good. No, we're is not. Is the one we got, or is this one you got? This separate. The no, one, no, it's the one. It's the one you, we got. You, everyone got it. Oh, which was awesome. You know, it's 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 funny in that particular one. I don't know if you guys read the first part where he's complaining about the cinder blocks. Yes, like, it kind of <laughs> seems out of position. I have contacts to that. I emailed him asking about that particular situation, and he responded to everyone. Without contact, so it just seems kind of weird that he was talking about. Ah, that's oops! It just the, hence hence his uh, hence his email starting with oops. I start. I just emailed one person. I I actually don't know what this is about. Okay, the cinder blocks refer to um one uh to to cafe the um the outlawed um cannabis store in outlawed. downtown Toronto uh, downtown Toronto Toronto oh. which has been which has been closed numerous times and about as, and reopened about as many times too by police. It's it's a really hilarious situation it. it's because the, it's the dumbest dumbest thing ever. The city's spending God knows how much money on those cinder blocks to do what like so they can change locations. Like there was a good piece uh, on CBC, like one of their podcasts, where they did like a deep dive into this about how much illegal money is being made at these stores, and we're talking like fifty thousand, sixty thousand a day cash most of the times, right? And it's like you don't think these guys can just like move shop. Like which they do, <laughs> right? And then like like what do you? You're not stopping anything. You're just spending a lot of city time and money trying to do something that's just going to keep on happening, right? I mean, there's got to be other ways to curb it. Neil probably has a a much bigger rant about this than I do, but it's it's just funny. And well, these people are thing. blacklisted now. I'm assuming. I don't think it works that way. I think you can still if you're an because it's like that's the thing. The people who get arrested doing this type of stuff are like regular people, right? You and yeah. Me. Uh, the money flows from podcasts you can't see, but much higher. You know, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like it's, you that, can keep arresting the lower people, but like the money's still going to keep coming. But that's sort it's of just how they'll the never do it work. legitimately, though. Yeah. But, like, well, but perhaps but that's they don't another care. story altogether. That's another story altogether, and maybe beyond the scope of what we typically talk yes, about. Yes, we're talking about James and then Neil. <laughs> You're talking and, about James and, and Neil. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we talked about marijuana. Yes. Well, uh, well, okay. So um, he he gave various thoughts. Um, his thoughts on Picard on Star Trek Picard. True that he has a dog now, and he's he French or something. <coughs> oh yeah, yeah, that dog, that bit. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, his list. This, this, this is a. These are very absent, random thoughts, as he calls them. So, uh, 
It's half the fun of the show, guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to give Neil his own segment. Hundred percent. Like, like Neil, can, man, come back. We miss you. Like, give it. Like, I'll just, uh, I just we turn miss on you the too, micro- James. <laughs> turn on the, uh, <laughs> yes. turn on the microphone for ten minutes and just let him go. Oh man, the pro- there's just one problem. It's going to be more than ten minutes, <laughs> and it could be awesome. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so um, on that note, let's uh, let's go through things. Uh, let's uh, talk about a couple of other things, and maybe we should be a little. Let's be a little Toronto centric too. Um, first of all, I know I know there have been items on like once again we're going to do the community calendar, but items that have already happened that uh, fans in Toronto might take note of. Is there, Kevin? Nothing. For what? Sorry. Oh, just the anime community calendar. He's looking up stuff. So, uh, Come on, some Kevin. of these things may have happened already. To be honest, well, what well, caught your attention there? Well, Japan Fest is coming up. Japan Fest. The, this is the sad part about Japan Fest. This is because um, this is this will happen in Mississauga at Celebration Square near Square One, uh, just in front of City Hall. The thing, and you know, one, uh, or as uh, basketball fans call it, Jurassic Park West, Mississauga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, just some quick context. Um, one of Mississauga's sister city is Kariya uh, City in um, Aichi Prefecture in Japan. So they so the two have always done thing a few programs together exchange programs etc. And over the last couple of years they've had a like a festival a Japanese a Japan Fest festival. Um, it's the 90th anniversary. Well, yeah, it, it is also to partly commemorate the um, partly commemorate the uh, diplomatic relations between Canada and Japan. Yep. So. It, they they for the last uh, I think this is I think the fourth or fifth year running they're, they're going to hold a Japan Fest it's usually held during the summer. Uh, I think it was originally in July, and then they pushed it to August. Into August, and now yeah. this year's Japan Fest will take place. What's the dates? August. August twenty. You're looking it up as you're saying this. It's, the the page is a slow load, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, no. It'll, it's it's August twenty fourth, twenty fifth, the exact same weekend as Fan, fan Expo. Expo. <laughs> so uh, fans will have to make a choice. But yes, and remember, guys. Free admission for pets at Japan Fest. So you know on the also <laughs> on the artificial on the artificial turf there. Yeah, it's exactly. also just free for people too. True, true. Yeah. I was gonna not lead with that, but true. So yeah, that's that's <laughs> the thing about this year's Japan Fest. I'm afraid fans will have to choose. Uh, surprise, surprise! Anime North will have a block of pro- uh, one hour programming. I think for cosplay. You mean Fan Expo? No, at uh, at uh, at Japan Fest. They, this has always been a thing you, for them. You said Anime North a second ago. I said Anime North will do something at Japan Fest. Uh, That's yeah. I think what I was trying to say. Yes, and it came out. I'm like, wait, but it, yeah, I know yep. Anime North Fan Expo. It's kind of hard to say all these names at the it's same all good. time. It's all good. Anything else catch your attention on the calendar? Well, Tiff announced that Weathering with You will debut it's at the North American premiere. Will be at. This is a big one. Yeah, I mean we're coming off the week. Earlier, just for reference, earlier this week, Regent Park ha- has been doing like summer uh, summer movie showings. They showed um, they showed your name actually. Yeah, they showed it on the seventh. Yeah, they showed that early. Yeah, earlier this week. So like, uh, yeah, Wednesday was it? Yeah, Wednesday. Yes, they showed it on Wednesday evening, I believe. So um, in uh, under the stars and probably in rain in a rainy weather. <laughs> but um, I know that it caught uh, caught the attention of a lot of uh, a handful of fans here. <clears throat> To want to go see that, uh, see that uh, with a group of people, 
But yeah, on that note, Weathering With You is going to be at a, premiering at TIFF. The schedule is yet to come out for that, so I don't know the exact... Do we know the exact date? No, Not yet. Schedule comes out in September? Uh, no, schedule comes out... August something? Yeah, they'll, they'll announce the schedule, I think, on Monday. You know what's funny? I have tickets for TIFF, and I should know these dates. You, you have it, tickets for TIFF? Full I, tickets? I, 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 buy, I buy a block every year, so I, like a block of 10. Uh, I love movies. TIFF's awesome. I've gone for like the last six years now. Does I, that give you access to Midnight Madness? So midnight, Ma- yes, it does. It gives you access to all the movies. Actually, uh, it depends on what block you buy. You can buy the front block, black block, flex tickets. You're gonna try and get. Tickets. You're gonna go I, and yeah, so hundred percent. Because every year, well, not every year, but every time Takashi Miike debuts a mo- new movie, it's you're, usually at TIFF. It, um, um, midnight Madness, depending on the movie, is hard. I, the, TIFF in general, the whole ticketing process is is difficult. If you are not a member, if you're not a member of press, if you're not someone special, it's hard to get. Priority seating stuff, premieres especially. Uh, but the good thing is, TIFF's always good on multiple screenings of things. So mm-hmm. if you may not catch the midnight premiere of something, uh, they're going to show it three or four more times throughout the couple of weeks they're at the, the festival, uh, right? Yeah, it's a, I think it's a 10-day. Uh, yeah, 10 days. And if I'm not mistaken, Mickey movies usually don't rescreen after TIFF. Like, I never see them no. rescreened. That's the best part about TIFF. The number of movies I've seen at TIFF that take years to come out, like... It's just so amazing. Like, there was this one movie I saw. Uh, do you guys know who Joseph Kahn is? No. I don't. I don't. He directs music videos, mostly Taylor Swift stuff. He did a movie back in the day, but he's a Korean, uh, American Korean uh, director. He made this movie uh, about rap battling called Bodied, uh, <laughs> produced by Eminem. You know, really great movie. Premiered at TIFF, like in the Midnight Madness, won the Midnight Madness for that year. Oh. It was like three years ago. It took him like. A year plus for the movie to come out, right? To find <laughs> distribution and all that stuff. And that's the great thing about TIFF. These movies don't have distribution a lot of the times. They're just movies that are made out of love and passion. Like, yeah. It, it's a, it can be, it can really be art housey. Exactly. 100%. That's, and, and my, the thing I love about TIFF, it's 10 days of nonstop movies. We're talking 8 a.m. movies, you know, midnight movies, day and night. You can watch so many different movies and it's just so incredible. I just want to see the new Mika movie. Oh, has that been announced for the for TIFF? What is the new yes. movie? I can't even find the name because that's how unprepared I am. <laughs> well, this is let's be honest about this podcast, about the preparation for this podcast. We just basically threw it together. Um, like, I mean, I had I didn't give myself any time to prepare. It's been that type of summer thus far, so it's been that busy. Uh, I mean, the Kyoto Animation Fire that was certainly chief of mind. Probably want to do something more uh, like in the uh, closer to the like when it happened but three weeks gives you a little bit more thankfully gives you a little bit more perspective and we get to learn a little bit more uh yes the t- the um princess uh, sorry it's called first love oh first yeah, okay the, just the mickey movie literally i'm literally looking at it it's exactly yeah first yeah love. these guys are looking for any <laughs> tiff information um uh, yeah the weathering weathering with you that 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 announcement was made a couple weeks ago, actually. Something like that, yeah. It, yeah it Tiff, Tiff does this where, like, about a month out from the thing, they'll start announcing big names. For instance, Joker's premiering at the uh, Tiff Festival this yes. year, the new Walking and Phoenix one. That's, and that's, um, mm. that's considered big. It's the first time a, any of the uh, a, 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 a mainstream comic, comic book movie True. has been... Although, I don't know, from the trailers and the way has it's been being premiered. done, it doesn't really seem comic book comic booky. I, I guess. See, like, those kinds of movies... I, superhero movies like not even just superhero movies the things that will get a wide release quickly yep like in the next two three months i love how this guy's mind breaks it's so great <laughs> I, I don't give a shit unless 
I really care about whoever director or actor may be there. Hundred percent. Tiff isn't for the major blockbuster release. You know, it's not for a movie that's gonna have a hundred million dollars opening weekend type situation. It's for the smaller unknown German film that no one's ever gonna hear well, about. You know, so <laughs> this is a bit like the thing is, film festivals can be a bit of a business because this is their chance for exposure and to find their distribution. So deals. Tiff is uh, the company that runs Tiff. Call Tiff is a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> is a nonprofit, so profits aren't really in their motive. But they understand that by getting these big celebrities in, these big names in, this one time throughout the year, they can fund so much more throughout the year. Like all the screens from the l- at, at the t- at the at the lighthouse, mm-hmm. I mean, at, exactly. the, at the mothership there, right for at Tiff's mothership um, theater. And usually they will like a lot of those Oscar bait movies will screen at Tiff as well, hundred percent. So usually for those, I will wait. Until they come out at the end of December, yep. I'll be on. I'll be honest. Like my own, I don't have much of a history with uh, Tiff myself personally. And you're paying double the price by and large, assuming you're not buying a pack. Uh, yeah, exactly. If you're or, not buying a pack, or if you're under twenty five. If you're under twenty, and that's the good thing about Tiff. As time has progressed, they're taking like brackets of changes. So, for instance, if you want to see a movie, a gala premiere at like the Roy Thompson Hall, you're paying double, right? Maybe. Three times as much, actually not three times as much, but like fifty bucks a ticket. But if you want to see the third screening of that movie at Scotiabank, you're pay- and you're under twenty five, you're paying the same price as a regular movie ticket, like thirteen bucks, right? It's it's the the, the gradient is there. If you want to see the movie with the celebrities in house and ask questions and stuff, you're gonna pay. You're gonna pay for more, yes, exactly. Yes, but if you just want to see the movie at a regular screening afterwards, yeah, I believe movie. when I watched the tale of Princess Kaguya, and. Did you uh, buy that ticket in advance? Someone get it for you? Did you rush it? I I was able to nab the ticket in advance. And the director was there. Isn't that great? God that's, bless his that's soul. That's the best part about Tiff, you know? Uh, sometimes, even on the later screenings, not the premieres, but the later screenings, the director might be there. One of the producers or writers or actors might be there. I remember I saw Jesse Eisenberg and um, Skarsgård. I forget which Scars Guard, but one of the Scars Guard had a movie, mm-hmm. and they were there. In the, and they were there afterwards, ask answering questions. And I remember the time I was with my cousin, and he's Swedish, and Scars Guard Swedish, so he asked me a question in Swedish, and it was pretty fun. You know, it's 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 great. I mean, I, I don't have, I can't say I have any memories because I've only had one experience going to TIFF, and that was seeing Princess Mononoke. That's why I said the word princess what? earlier. I saw princess, but it wasn't the premiere. It was just a, like a day a daytime screening. Exactly right. Which and is still great. You saw it at the festival. Oh no, it was, like it was great. Premiere, we hung right? out, hung, hung out, and hung out with some friends. Uh, with some uh, friends at the time, ha- went to. I just remember having a dim sum with them. But the thing was, we got to the theater so late, all we had were the front seats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was hilarious. That's another thing. If it you, was so if, Seinfeld like. There was like a. I don't know if you've Seinfeld. had that experience before, but. Line up, guys. Get there super early. Like if your if your movie starts at one, get there midnight the night before. You know, line up. Wow. Yeah, it's that type of thing. I mean, obviously not that. I'm exaggerating, but get there a couple an hour or so in advance. Like don't well, show don't if a movie's at two, don't show about two thirty thinking there's like a half hour trailer that he just waltz in and get a good scene. Man, this is a tip. Yeah, but there's if you're like, talking, <laughs> yeah, line up the night before. That sounds like TCAF. <laughs> yeah. Oh. What was it? James, so, get better, dude. James, get better. I okay. I actually so when when I watched Kaguya and. And Takahata was there. Like, I think my seat was at the very back, so I could not see the guy too, too well. But, yeah, it was nice hearing him answer some questions and talk about the movie a little bit. And it was a great, it was a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the topic of, since we're, since um, this conversation started with weathering with you, is there any word as to, to whether Shinkai will be here for that? Not yet. Not yet. 
if Shinkai is not coming, I will wait for the wide release. That could you know be what's the funny. Big... Yeah, we probably yeah, he, find... he might. He, we it probably would be last second, exactly, or, or, or a complete surprise to everybody who sees it. I mean, yeah, it's and that's the tough. That's, that's the biggest part about it, right? It's like because I think he, uh, Miyazaki made his uh, like nobody knew Miyazaki had had visited until I, the very end. A lot so of times, great. if a movie, oh really, yeah, I think something like that. Uh, it, that's that the way happen? I, that's the way it is with a I lot of the movies. Mononoke, but the uh, initial oh. uh, screening there, I, I forgot. Uh, I'll be honest, my memory is blurred because we are talking Princess Mononoke, and that's before a lot of our, a lot of fans would have been born, I think. That was like a good chunk. Eight? Nine? <laughs> yeah, we're talking the better part of almost 20 years now, I don't know, I something like that, yeah. 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 So, Tiff, as I said, this should be, uh, like, what's the uh, initial reviews for Weathering with you? Since, uh, that, since strangely enough, that, that also premiered roughly the same time, or within, the, within a week of the, like, a week... Same time frame of the uh, of the Kyoto, Kyoto Animation Fire, so it, it, so the anime wise, the it really got upstaged, and for all the right and wrong reasons, it, its premiere got upstaged. My friend Don, uh, who you know, yes, our old friend, yes, he, did he see it? He saw it, yes, because I know he's a. Uh, you told me he's overseas, right? Yep, he's in Japan right now, living so the he, proverbial dream, and he said it was very good. He does prefer your name. Okay, I, I guess after like this is one of those things we can't. We, when we had this Makoto, the Makoto Shinkai conversations in the old era, we always said, "Well, that's great. How do you top yourself, right?" Like we said this, uh, we said this uh, like during five centimeters per second because we were so enamored with the works that had just immediately come out before that. But some of us said, "Okay, that's great. Really, can you branch yourself out a little more? Can you be better than that?" I thought, and then. Some and then the works in those in those years became a little bit more hit and miss, and then your name happened. Yeah, like I don't I don't feel like it needs to top your name. Like if if the movie is good, then the movie is good. Really, really, no one cares. Like like that's the bottom line, right? That's for me. That's the bottom line. I don't expect a director to consistently create something better each and every time. You know, unless you're North, unless you're like Christopher Nolan or something. It's it, the thing is sometimes sometimes you become victims of your own ex, of expectations, right? That's why you should have no expectations or low expectations. Curb your enthusiasm, hundred <laughs> percent. So there's uh there's that, and well, there isn't too much else. Anything else on the uh, on the on the um, community calendar that has your attention? So uh, because we're just watching Overwatch stuff as well. True, but, true. So we're waiting for uh, Toronto to get pounced. But yeah, Kevin, go ahead. The uh, anything else, and then we'll talk. So about the JCCC, it. the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center, they're gonna uh, do screenings for Oko's Inn and Penguin Highway, which have already screened in Cineplex in the last two, three, four months. But if you missed it, here's your chance. It's gonna be on the. 17th if i'm not mistaken okay it'll be on the sunday all right anything else or uh, should we talk about his trip uh, kevin's trip in a bit oh uh neil says hi oh, yeah. <laughs> he wait. also says he wants to talk about uh something about jason m wait you're texting him he actually texts you back 
the hell? Wait, does he not text you back? No, he never does. Oh, <laughs> damn. Well, then, then, then again, uh, then again, uh, then again, Neil, I, I apologize. I had no idea you and Mike were in a fight. I'm no, sorry, no, guys. <laughs> no, Neil doesn't listen to the show, so he will never hear this. Really? Oh, man. So I can say anything I want about Neil right now, and he will never hear about it? Yes. More than likely. Okay, what do you want to say? Let it rip. It's all good. It's all good. Actually, like a Beyblade. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's just up like to me to. Beyblade. Sometimes it's just uh, up to me to initiate the conversation. Okay, <laughs> let's be. How is he? How, how is oh, he? What's God. he saying? What's he saying? Oh, I assume he. I assume he's done? not stoned at the moment. No, uh, <laughs> who knows? Four twenty. Never know. It literally is four twenty. Oh, it literally is four twenty. I'm just looking at the clock. <laughs> I'm not just saying that because of the numbers. But it literally no, it literally is four twenty in the afternoon. What's he saying? Four twenty shouldn't mean anything anymore now that league is weed. Weed is legal here. That's a, yeah. As I said, another story altogether. What's he up to? What's he up to? <laughs> nah, he just he uh, he's thinking a lot about Jason's M's decision to cancel Fan Expo. What? Do you know what? who Jason M is? No. Cool. Jason Momoa. No, I don't know who Jason M is either. But this is literally what he texted. No, Jason Momoa was set to do Fan Expo. Oh, him. Been he's, okay. he's filming something. Some scheduling issues, maybe. Okay, isn't he Aquaman? Yes, he is Aquaman. that's yeah. That's why he would have been there this year. He did, he canceled. Yeah. Let me look this up later. Cool. Wow. Okay. That's, Wait, isn't he also in another show on Netflix or whatever? Frontiers, which is shot in Canada. He's uh, he's doing a bunch of things. He's everywhere. He's Jason Momoa. He's Jason Momoa. Awesome. He is awesome. <laughs> Tell me what he doesn't do. <laughs> Who's better, Jason Momoa or The Rock? This is actually a debate, I think. Is it? Shit, Could be. <laughs> right? I don't. I, I don't care, to be honest. Okay. No, he's like... Like, Momoa's... He's a big dude. Really, yeah, he's, he's big. Yeah, he's a big dude. He, and he's he pretty much is the man right now, so one of the men. Yeah, he's up there, without a doubt. Okay, so anything else? Nope. Do we have anything else on the on the side? Of... Eh, no. Well, okay. Well, we said well, I want to get this episode in because I know that. Uh, oh shit! Oh, my right. bad. Uh, this is trending on Twitter a few days ago, but there's this rapper in America called Megan the Stallion. You heard about <laughs> Megan this? Megan the Stallion, and it's spelled the with a T H A. Oh, I hate Stallion. when people do that shit. This is, this is so dirty. Anyways, but... uh, so she was in town last week for OVO Fest. She was, okay. one, of the, she was okay. one of the surprise guests. Oh, okay. She's okay. actually chart topping right now with a song called Hot Girl Summer, which everyone's talking about for some reason. Okay. So uh, she posted this on Twitter. Uh, one second. This is anime related. Just let me pull, let me pull it up. Oh, it's oh, anime wait. related. It okay, quasi anime related. It is, I'm afraid this this, this cannot be good. No, does, I mean, does she, she claim to be a fan of Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball Z? And he's holding up the photo. Maybe we should put. The, we'll link the. Oh, photos. Click on the photos. Click on the photos. That's cool, actually. What, right? What is it? What is it? What is it? What? Okay. What? What? what photos? But that's are but that's at? the thing. Now, I, I I didn't know that. I didn't know it was that popular. I mean, that's how you know a show's popular when people are cosplaying. Right? Yeah, My Hero okay, Academia is mainstream co- now. Yeah, she is uh, cosplaying from that. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, she's cosplaying as Todoroki. Not bad from My Hero Academia. Yeah, it's cool. No, man. not bad. As I said, well, we talked about the popularity of right, and that sometimes um, they don't know. Sometimes uh, how much? Sometimes um, you don't know how popular something has gotten. Oh, and sorry, I misspelled her name. It's uh, T H E E, not T A A. There's two E's in there. The, the so it's, it's, it's Megan, like you normally spell Megan. Yep. The with an extra E for whatever reason, stallion, as in the horse. 
or you know, <laughs> Rock Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as I said, the other reason I want to get this episode in, and we'll end it off in a bit, uh, another short ep- short one hour thing. Kevin, you're heading out, you're heading um you're heading out of town next weekend. Yes. Tell me how much you're looking forward to this. Tell first of all first of all, tell us where you're going. I'm going to Los Angeles next week. Yeah, narrows it. Because <laughs> wait, hold on. Where? Well, uh, sorry. For how long? Where? Come on, give us deets, bro. So I'm going for four days. I'm going to LA because a KCon is happening there. Oh shit! For some reason, I thought you were going there to meet like celebrities or be in a movie or something. I don't know. Yeah, okay, there. <laughs> so KCon is an a Korean culture convention that happens both in New York and in LA. Uh, once a year at the same time new york happens in july whereas the la version happens in august oh yeah on that note kind of like uh how how we have iff happening here but uh anime revolution is taking place this weekend but down in vancouver yes we'll hope jesse's having a good uh experience there go ahead continue so the reason why i'm going is because my favorite female pop group is performing there uh their name is mama moo uh, I make no secret of it to my friends that I'm a big fan of this group. Uh, it's funny because I got into K-pop about two years ago at this point um, through Blackpink, but uh, this group in particular has won my heart because they are a goofy bunch of girls and they like to have fun and they're cool girls. They're my girls. I like to call them my girls. So it's funny because they're not, obviously they're not my girls. They're everyone's girls, so to speak. But <laughs> Wait, really? I thought, you had complete, I thought you had complete ownership of them. No, that, that'd be very creepy. Uh, I, I, so I don't, I don't buy into the whole idol culture thing. I don't get sucked into that. It's funny because I had a friend who got sucked into it recently with Twice. But in any case. And was that friend ever seen again? He, he has since climbed out of the abyss and is taking a hiatus from K-pop because he realized how engrossed he got into it. Good for All you. because one of the girls started dating. But in any case... Oh, <laughs> withdrawal. This is sad. So, uh, so they're coming to LA um, along with a bunch of other performers, both male and female. Uh, some artists incru- include Newest, uh, Chungha is coming... Uh, Eyes One is coming as well, and a bunch of other groups that I don't really care about. But for me, I had to go because uh, a lot of the female groups suffer from what people call the seven-year curse. So in Korean pop music, you, you tend to sign with an agency. For life. And the average length of a contract is five to seven years. And by and large, girl groups do not stick around after seven years because they would make more money doing acting or they just don't want to do it anymore. By and large, they would try and pursue other interests because those other interests would pay more because of how the system works. Whereas you're pretty much your agency funds you and then you have to, by performing and selling cds and music you have to pay that all back you're you're at their beck and call it sounds like mm-hmm. it sounds like a lot but how is this you like it just sounds like a lot of scenarios so how does this get kind of unique so well 
in my specific situation, uh, they they are in their so Mama Moo is in their fifth year. They hadn't. This is the first time they've come to North America in three years. Okay, and they have not toured beyond Asia otherwise. In terms of any sort of like world tour or anything like that, they don't leave Asia. Mm-hmm. They might come for the odd event, but generally speaking, they don't leave Asia. So, to me, this was my one chance to go see them. And I am turning, and uh, I feel bad because I, I was supposed to go see Miyavi next week. Oh, Because yeah, Miyavi is coming to perform yes. at the Queen Elizabeth Theater. The, this is like a thing. Like, you've seen a lot of Japanese and Asian artists. Yeah, I like to go, I like to go see... At the, at the Queen Elizabeth. At the I like CNA. to go see Japanese performers, like, of any kind. Just for, for the sake of, uh, I guess, showing support. Plus, uh, yeah, the, the whole extent, um, you don't see this often. Mm-hmm. So, I had to... I feel so bad because I, I committed to this concert and then now I had I had to do it. I'm I'm sorry, Elena. I had to do it. Oh, you're talking to your friend. Okay. Yeah. Way to go. Uh. Oh, well, I, okay. I only have one, like, one real run-in I could probably talk about in terms of, in terms of K-pop. The Wonder Girls. Years oh, ago. yeah. Yeah, one of the, one of the, like, we're talking almost a decade ago, right? But only because, you know, on my iPhone, I had Tap Tap Revolution, and one of their songs actually appeared in that as one of the, uh, as one of the songs in, the, in that game. And then, mm-hmm. you know, that's... And, and strangely enough, they actually did come to Mississauga. They did perform once in Mississauga. Really? In their heyday. In their, uh, in their heyday. Interesting. Yeah, uh, near, near Celebration Square at the, uh, at, the, at, the, at the Living Arts Center there. Oh. So they've been... So they've, they're known. So that's my only run-in. I think my only complaint with the con is that they really charge you oh, how much? for extra stuff. Like I have to show this to you. Are Essentially, we going to fee- we're going to we're going um, IFF. This is worse than IFF. Oh wow! Well, actually, that actually I shouldn't be so surprised. So you have the general convention, which is thirty six bucks. I actually don't recall if it's for the day or if it's for the weekend. It's probably each day. And then if you want to. Uh, watch the concerts those are separate and you have to pay for those separately and those are anywhere from like 80 dollars us to 200 something dollars us for a ticket and the thing is multiple singers perform so each each artist set will be smaller so they run run on saturday and they run one on sunday with different guests or different singers also throughout the day if you want to go to a artist engagement event uh-oh you this have to sound good. pay extra on top of your convention ticket. And even then, you don't get a guarantee of seeing the person that you want. You get three random uh, tickets to these artist engagement events. And they start at $70 and they can go up to 170 depending on what tier you want. And you have a possibility of either going to the red carpet or going to a fan engagement event, or even doing a high touch with them. What's a high, a high touch? touch? A high I touch. I feeling I know, but you, you... Is it a high five? Yes, actually. Okay. So I you go up to the stage, saying. you go up to the stage, and then you're... Whoever the high touch is for, the artist will be there, and so you run slash walk up to them, give them a high five, and you get to say something very quickly to them. This is a this is a thing in K-pop. 
What's the thing? I, I, I get the feeling it's an elaboration or a, another version of what I've heard. I'm trying in, to, I'm trying certain, to, I'm trying to imagine this high five. It's like, so are they like on a platform and then like they're on like a. Yeah, like they're on a platform or they're on a stage. <clears throat> yeah. Are, are, are the artists behind a desk and then you like walk up to them and they just high five them or no, something? No, like you approach to the, like they're not sitting at a desk. So they're so standing far as on stage and you just walk up on stage and just give them a high five? Yeah. Is, is, is this, this like, is like, sorry, is this like a. Uh, graduation type situation where like you're heading up the floor. <laughs> Is that what's happening? I guess so. Okay, so let me pull up the price list very quickly. <laughs> Sorry, but go ahead. No, finish. So, so like I said, the convention is $36. That's not bad. For like all three days? Or I'm all- assu- I don't know. They don't say. So I'm assuming it's each day. You're, he's assuming worst case scenario. I'm assuming worst case scenario, yes. So... The three different artist engagement packs you can purchase, $70 on top can give you three audience engagements and one red carpet chance. So you get a chance to go to the red carpet. <laughs> and usually with the red carpet, like they're all going to be there. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. A2, that's A3. A2 is $100. One chance for a high touch and then three audience engagement packs. And or 170, where you get one guaranteed high touch, two audience engagement packs, one chance. That's one way to put it. Well, and so, then no, the, the well, so A one guaranteed. A one is all guaranteed. Yeah. So one high touch, two audience, and right. one red carpet. And how much is that? That's 170 dollars. Not bad, man. So 36 is, has to be per day. That so, is per day. 100. percent I think this is fucking bullshit because really? is it? So no, I mean, so can... like yes, I understand that you're trying to gouge me. Yeah, but I, if anything, that's not gouging. That's that seems. Somewhat so here's reasonable. the thing: it's you don't you don't guarantee the artist that you want. That's the thing; they're randomized on the th- on the last final hundred seventy dollar package. So any of them, any of them is that what that high, so the high touch isn't for who you want, but anyone. It could it's randomized. So when you go to registration and pick up your. Thing. Your so package IFF. or your like convention pass. Now it's beginning to sound IFF. Yeah, you don't you don't know who you're going to see. So it so <laughs> I so I land at 10 a.m. Right, 10 a.m. LA time. Uh-huh. I have to rush to the Staples Center right. and get my registration ready. And then what's going to happen is that because it's all randomized, whoever goes first first come first serve, right? It's just whoever you get is what you get. Right. It could be for a day that you're not even attending. So if I want to go on Sunday only, I could possibly get an artist engagement ticket for somebody on a Saturday. Okay. I'm being very skeptical here because I feel like this is a glaring oversight that anyone who worked in this would know. Like, I don't think that'll be like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, it seems impossible that that would be the case, right? No, this is not an oversight. They've done this for years. Really? Years. And no one's complained about this? Oh, so I'm it, sure people aren't happy. And it's just like, just take it or leave it type situation? Like, it's not that hard. It's like, if I'm there for the Saturday, but you give me a, a audience engagement on the Sunday, that's like, come on, right? Yeah, so <laughs> I want to see Mama Moo. And if I get Chung Hai, I'm happy too, but I don't care about her as much. So that means whoever I get, I have to like find someone yeah, to barter say, with or there, to sell there, mine or to I have to may have to buy my Mama Moo one off of someone. I don't want a high touch to be honest. I just think it's silly. The high touch? I don't think it's worth it. 
And Maybe what the hell am I gonna it? say in three seconds to Hwasa? Yeah, I don't know, man. You or Moonbiol. I don't know, man. Something incredible, hopefully. I will say something idiotic. I'll be stammering. <laughs> probably say something about any of the ongoing scandals going. <laughs> I mean, you, you could probably be like, <laughs> I get the feeling I would, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I'd rather just be in the audience, to be honest. Makes sense. And so now I'm gonna have to figure out who has a Mama Moo audience engagement is there not ticket? A, is there not a third-party market for this? That's the thing. We're going to have to... So what happens at registration is a bunch of people will be there with whiteboards saying, hey, I'm looking for this, and I have this. And then it's an equal trade? You would hope it's an equal trade. You might have to like sell it for more or less or whatever. I hope people aren't assholes. That's just... That's just... Depends on how popular the people are, right? I, I think Mama Moo may be popular. They are like, they're not that big, but out of the guests that are coming, they are bigger. They have a huge female fan base, actually. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm the anomaly in that sense. So I am going to hope that maybe I just get Mamamoo right away, or I might have to barter for it. Uh, good luck. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, very gonna, good luck, man. It's going to be kind but of annoying. Help me out with this, because, um, like... The J- the idol culture in Korea and the idol culture in Japan. It sounds like they're they like they sound like they can be similar in a lot of ways, but it sounds like there there's a lot of differences. They're similar. There's enough similarities. They are they are very similar. What do you see? Like what what could you see as a difference? Because I can't, and I because I'm I'm not in, I don't really keep up. Personally. Um, I don't. I mean, the best. This I, is just my guess. Okay, Which I don't is, think Korean pop fans. By and large, unless you're the like the hardcore of the hardcore, they're not as loyal. Hmm. In the sense that it's very easy for the general fan populace to move on to the the next new thing. Ah, yes, that's actually an interesting point because, like you said, maybe that's the seven year cur- that's part of the seven year curse part of it. Yes, whereas you hear about like like a lot of uh, J pop artists are still like I would have remembered from the time I, I was really into this into into that if any in any form, they're still very much kicking around. True. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. not not to the same popularity, but Ooh. they're still around, they're still in the public eye. Their fans are and their fans are still dedicated. And the male groups uh doesn't happen as frequently as the female groups because you can always rely on that housewife money to kick in. But uh you're I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> new kids have. Thank you. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, like, even, like, first-generation Korean pop artists like Shinhua are still around and still active. So, it's just the fact that sometimes they have to take a hiatus because they have to serve in the military. But with female groups, it's very rare for them to stick around after five, seven years because the money isn't there. Or, the- or they just make more money doing whatever they end up doing. Once again, back to the cur- back to the seven-year curse you referred to. So the recent exception is A-Pink, because they actually, their leader actually decided to convince the other girls to stick. And so they did renew. So that's one interesting exception. Okay. But yeah, so the, because I don't know if they'll stick around in two years, that's why I'm going to KCON. Good luck. Have fun. True that. I'll try. I'll try. And don't get stressed out and come back alive. <laughs> if, if you get discovered and become famous, don't forget us. Yeah, that could happen too. You know, it's, it's LA, right? <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> yeah, you're at the airport, TMZ's there. Next thing you know, you're in, you know, starring in yeah, movies. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you I'm, have not, 
Oh, that's that, that's that's Kevin's big trip. Oh, go ahead. I don't claim to be that attractive, so. Oh. Hey, okay. You doing anything in the near future, Mo? No. We're just going out to see movies, right? Absolutely. Tell, well, well, tell us about the TIFF experience in September, then. It's going to be good. I yeah. mean... Uh, after, I, like, the, chances the, are when we do this, when we reconvene again, it'll probably be after TIFF. Once the dates come out, we should definitely go see uh, Weathering. I, I would love to. Mm. We'll see, I'll see if the schedule goes up. Absolutely. So plenty of we've talked about here, and uh, I'll put up the links as we put after we put when we put up this episode after I've put up the links for episode uh, was it episode twelve because I've yet to actually put up the links for episode twelve, <laughs> and I've yet to put up actually put up edit and put up uh, digest three, which we which James and I actually taped a couple days after we taped episode twelve. Did you make it? They didn't tell me what. No, we. Didn't. <laughs> You said, I think you, it was the same, because it was the con- that concert, I think you went, the same, the same night we taped it. Was it? It was like yeah, a Wednesday so. or something, right? It was like, yeah. 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 Well, I just assumed it did or didn't happen, because we I did, didn't hear anything about it we afterwards. Taped, yeah, no, we just quietly did it, and I, I haven't even touched it. So it's like it's like a, it's like lost episodes of the of the series, right? Of the podcast itself. Oh, but how scandalous could it be? Nothing. It's not. It's just that's, it's just the way the summer's gone. There's still that one true lost episode. Which I don't recall so <laughs> but we have but uh hopefully we'll get this up uh you know uh, episode yeah, in due time in, in, <laughs> but if it goes up it'll go out up without the links initially and then i'll get to that later but before i finish but i have to get up the episode 12 links too right right so that's uh that's about it anyway um well as i said this fulfills our obligations for uh august <laughs> That's true. This figure, this, you know, I, this morning uh, before this episode, I was thinking, this feels like we've done an episode already. Like I felt too soon, almost. Really, a month goes by fast, too. right? Like a month goes by fast because we, we it had been very much a month. Exactly. Did, I mean, and, and normally our schedule is like every couple of months. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of it. That's sort of it. Well, who knows? Um, you know, I. As I said, that, that fulfills our obligations for this month. Sure. <laughs> James will probably come to, when we talk with James again. I, I know whether it's a digest or back in the regular episodes. We're up one. Oh, Toronto Defiance playing against uh, Soul Dynasty right now in uh, Overwatch League action. Go long eliminated, <laughs> long eliminated from the playoffs. But uh, boy, still, they could—they're capable of being a spoiler. Still. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, they, just they, just as a quick aside, Kcon mm. uh, does have diamond and platinum. Um, passes you can how, buy. How IFFE? Wait, they are in the four digits range. Okay, for both. What do they include? What do they include? Okay, <coughs> last. Sorry, I had I forgot to mention this. Okay, we'll put the link uh, so next week after the, after the convention is happening. The, exactly. the platinum pass is one thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. We're talking US. You get and yes, this is in US dollars. So it's above my pay scale <laughs> for the concerts for both nights. Hooray! You get preferred general audience seating, so you're probably just going to be at the front. Yep. You get two high touches. Two high hey, touches. Hey, double up. With the same person or different people? I don't know. Do you at least they don't to... clarify that. Yeah, what, See, you, this what, might if be, I, what if I get the same person twice? This might be a conversation. <laughs> Yo, I'd be fucking pissed. <laughs> this might be a conversation if you can if you can choose. All access at the red carpet and at an audience engagement. Cool. They, they just say all access, so maybe they just get access to all of them. I don't know. Which is great. I mean, for the high touches, is it like you get a card or something or a badge or what is it? I'm like, going to assume it's a badge. Per high touch? Oh, that I assume is a ticket, but I don't know because I've so never been. So if I were to buy extra high touches, could I get like a two-minute high, high touch <laughs> So that's why people buy multiple <laughs> audience engagement packs. Like the, the A1, A2, A3 tiers for the con. Some people buy multiples of those. 
Damn. So just Damn. they spend more time. Wow. Yeah. And Damn. or they because they want they want to make sure they try and get the one that they want, or okay. they get a better shot at it. Other one. <laughs> you also get a dedicated entrance. Uh, obviously, your convention pass is included, and you get access to KCon rookies, which is some event where you see like rookie performers, I guess, and maybe they'll perform. Uh, K club, K club, club K con. I don't know what the fuck that is. And like some kind of lounge or something. Yeah, and a backstage tour, and then you get some extra merchandise. Cool, I guess. The diamond is eighteen hundred US. I guess the only real difference is you get. I think get access to all the high touches if you want to. Uh, There's a private. There's a private meet and greet you could do. Oh boy. Uh, two Flower Boy cafe sessions. I assume this is like a maid cafe, but with with attractive Korean men. Makes sense. And going for the housewife. You also get concierge service. (laughs) Wow! And even better merchandise, I guess. Cool. Jesus Christ! Eighteen hundred dollars for those who have money to burn. Uh, Just that's that's. Sometimes you can only wish. Yeah. But uh, sometimes it's not always worth it. Can you imagine? That's I guess, a, it's that's just, I guess good... I'm just saying this is not my thing. But well, yeah, I mean, you know, enthusiasm. I mean, this is it's nothing new, right? Spending this much money. No, that I guess. I yeah. guess I, I'm not, I'm just at a point where it does these things just wouldn't interest me. It anymore. numbs you. Yes, you time does. What are you about to say, Kevin? Before we go. No, that's, no, that's pretty it. much it. It's just you just let that you just let those prices speak for itself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, as I said, uh, we got our obli- August obligations in. Jesus. Hopefully, we'll hear from Neil. Uh, as I said, we, ten minute. Give him a ten minute uh, ten minute rant. It would. Comfort. It could be. It could be awesome. Next time he's on the episode, book like a f- seventeen hour session. <laughs> seventeen <laughs> hours. I, session. I feel like he can do it. I feel like if Neil put his mind to it, he can talk for seventeen hours. I believe that too, actually. But he, Neil, if you're listening, he would need. I bet you twenty bucks he can't do it. He would need Just some message sort of, that but, to him. Yeah, but he would I'm need some sort of fuel. Right now. <laughs> he would need some sort of fuel, and of course, we'll hear from Jim. We'll get uh, from James. We'll he'll get his uh, personal take on the uh, Kyoto Animation Fire as well. But uh, that's more likely in September. So guess what? <laughs> we'll see you in September. Join us again for another edition of the Anime Roundtable on the Six Talk Podcast Network. <laughs>